1: Hey everyone, how's it going? It's Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Hope you're all doing well and recovering from what transpired yesterday. The Bengals uh, taking one on the chin, 36 to 10 at the hands of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Usually I wear my a, a Bengals lid of some kind. I gotta, I gotta get a little aloha. I, I would say juju, but that's probably not the right word to use on a Monday after a Steelers loss. So I I wanted to get a little aloha vibe going. Uh, Relax. and Unplug, I guess, as one would do in the beautiful islands of Hawaii. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Hawaii. We're here to talk about the Bengals. We're here to talk about the AFC North. We're here to talk about the NFL. I'm going to run you through a lot of different headlines and stories centering around the Cincinnati Bengals, the division, and of course, the NFL. A lot of different news, just to kind of catch up. And uh, if you are if you are back in the office, maybe it's some stuff you can use around the water cooler. Uh, maybe we should rename this thing to Water Cooler Talk or something uh, instead of the News Jump. We'll see. I don't know. Thinking out loud is what it is, guys. But uh, happy to have all of you with us. And hopefully, you're getting your week off to started started well, whether it's at work or with some loved ones, whatever. Whatever you may be doing right now, hope it's going well. Uh, Let's just get right into it. Uh, There was a press conference by Bengals players and coaches today. And uh, there's some interesting quotes by head coach Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow, really since the loss occurred late yesterday. So I'm going to share my screen and show you some of that. I'm going to show you a little bit of news from... Steelers side of the fence, the division, and uh, like I said, around the NFL. If you're new to this program, thanks for tuning in. We've got the Monday News Jump. We've got a Wednesday deep dive show. Myself and co-host John Sheeran go through the aftermath and do some interviews and all kinds of different things on Wednesday night. Uh, Almost every Friday, we do a we do a, a listener questions live segment. So we field your questions and answer those on the air. And then Sunday we do a pregame show courtesy of Narragansett beer. Um, and then we do a post game show also. So we do a lot on this channel specifically. You also get Matt Minnick's chalk talk, some film breakdown there. He does a great job doing that stuff. And then on the Cincy jungle podcast channel itself, uh, the audio channels, Ace Boogie and Zim Hude from new Stripe city and orange is the new black podcast. Um, they put out some great work there too. So you can get the audio of this and all of our episodes on all major audio platforms. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. I think it's down somewhere in this area. Uh, you can click that and get our orange and black insider YouTube channel and get notified when we go live, when we have new material up, all of that. Derek from Scotland. Hi Derek. Good to see you, man. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to some quotes and different things. I'm going to share my screen so you can see what um, this is a tweet from Paul Daner jr. Relaying some quotes uh, from Zach Taylor today. So hopefully you can see this. I asked Zach Taylor about the play where Burrow ended up slamming into the bench and rolled his ankle with help from what the QB called a quote boost from Bud Dupree. If you joined us for the post game, show yesterday, you would have seen that video. I played that on loop a couple of times. So you can see, um, you can see that. So go back and check that out. But Taylor said, quote, I'll be very careful with my opinions, but he followed it up with, if there was a camera on me for the next eight minutes, you would have seen my reaction going into halftime. That would have been very clear if someone had been filming that, meaning he was pretty animated and upset that there was no call there. Um, you know, that, I believe that was a sequence where uh, you know, the Bengals kind of ended up shooting themselves in the foot after having some momentum there. And um, you know, then Burrow kind of jets out of bounds and what could have been, what could have been a, a penalty called pretty easily on Joe Burrow uh, would have propelled the Bengals into scoring territory. Instead he gets an ankle injury and the Bengals don't net anything out of it. I uh, already had some Steelers fans in the mentions on our YouTube channel Uh Poking fun at, uh, I guess, even bringing that up or what have you, and uh, I mean is what it is. And look, I mean, at some point, I mean, you've probably heard me say this over the years. At some point, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, you got to create your own luck. You got to create your own fortune, um, and just come come ready to play and uh, stand up to the bully. And for the last eleven contests, that has not been the case. The Bengals have lost eleven straight to the Pittsburgh Steelers after it being kind of a, a pretty competitive rivalry uh, through the Carson Palmer and Andy Dalton era. um, You know, they, they just have not been, not been very competitive. So let's move on here. That was uh, some quotes from Zach Taylor via Paul Daner jr. I thought those were pretty interesting. The uh, this was, I believe from last night, Uh, but Joe Burrow is blaming himself for the loss. This story is on cincyjungle.com. I'm going to pull this up for you here, uh, written by John Ackrey over at Cincy Jungle. Um, Interesting quote here. First of all, this was a good one that John used here from Bum Phillips, the old uh, Oilers and, and Saints coach. You fail all the time, but you aren't a failure until you start blaming someone else. I like that quote. anyway, Joe Burrow here says, we knew we had a chance in that game if I play better. Uh, Then down here, he follows it up with, you hear me talk, and I'm not too down in the dumps because I don't play like that very often. Uh, In reality, Burrow didn't play awful. Uh, there were a lot, there were, you know, a lot of missed throws. He was slightly over 50% completion percentage. He did not throw an interception. There were a couple of close calls on that front, but no interceptions. Uh, he did take four sacks in the game. So, you know, he's kind of taken it on the chin a little bit. And, uh, you know, as he has done all season, when the rest of the team has kind of let him down, he has taken the onus upon himself and blamed himself. For these losses, and I guess that's what—that's uh, a sign of a leader. Um, I, you know, I don't. Obviously, you don't want him pointing fingers, uh, but I do think that there are definitely more culpable parties at play than just Joe Burrow. So, you know, I, I think that needs to—that uh, needs to be noted. But anyway, Joe Burrow is um, at least publicly blaming himself for the issues yesterday, and. You know, the, you go 0-13 on, on third down, that's going to that's gonna kill you. And you, you're not going to be able to win a, any football game, much less one against an 8-0 team on their home turf. So Burrow needed to be better on the critical downs. The Bengals needed to stop putting themselves in bad positions, third and longs, et cetera. So a lot of different issues to point to in terms of blame if you want to play the blame game. Let's go over some snap counts. This is also on CincyJungle.com. The snap counts are out in case you have not seen this. This is from Patrick Judas on CincyJungle.com. Interesting stuff here. Trey Hopkins playing 100% of the snaps. Uh, unfortunately, the Mackenzie Alexander injury yesterday was was just critical. The Bengals were already banged up enough as it was at cornerback and losing him to a concussion. And then who knows if that's going to linger, you know? Um, So hopefully it does not. And he's, he's able to play next week, but uh, only got 15 snaps out of him left pretty early in the game. William Jackson predictably played all 100%. Tony Brown forced into massive amounts of action and Ben Roethlisberger picked on him quite a bit. And then you had Jalen Davis, you know, a practice squad call up playing 51% of the snaps on defense. Uh, I'm sorry, 51 total snaps on defense, 70% of them. Uh, And then you've got some others here, Amani Bledsoe, Khalid Kareem. Uh, You can see here, it's just, there's, they're trying to mix things up here, but uh, I don't, I don't know just how effective that is. Especially not only just because of the cast of characters you've got here, but also just, you know, uh, the looks that, that you're getting, I mean, the Bengals aren't generating pressure. We we saw that. And the only guy who is consistently is Carl Lawson. So, And he played 67% of the, the defensive snaps yesterday. Hubbard, his first game back, 62%. Khalid Kareem got a good PFF score uh, in his effort. He's starting to be a, a well-graded player. Um, not really popping out on the stat sheet per se, but a guy that is uh, doing some nice things on film and and is getting rewarded by PFF for them. So, uh, you know, it, it, someone had said this on Twitter, I forget who it was, but it was a, a good observation that uh might have been our good friend the Bangalorean, uh the the super fan that basically every pick in this year's class is looking pretty promising. So, uh even though it's not translating directly to wins, there are a lot of good signs, you know, Adenogy played pretty well at times yesterday, Burrow obviously being who he is. T. Higgins had the big fumble yesterday, but he also had a big touchdown uh, touchdown catch and was over 100 yards. He's kind of becoming the go-to guy in this offense. So, you know, you, you, Logan Wilson and his flash, Davis Gaither's got some got some uh, good, good moments on film. So there's a lot of good players in this class, a lot better, higher yield guys than maybe what we saw last year. Mike Daniels playing 58% of the snaps. Um, here's, here's kind of the interesting breakdown of, of the linebackers here. You can look Marcus Bailey didn't play, but Davis Gaither, we just said his name, 18%, 4% for Jordan Evans, only three plays on defense. He was mostly on special teams. Bynes playing 70%, 59% uh, for Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson, 48%. Saw a lot of Pratt early, um, that obviously changed a bit as the game was kind of pulling away, I think, but, um, you know, that's the the snap breakdown there. Uh, let's kind of transition to the offense. You see, here's the 100-100-100 in terms of Michael Jordan, Alex Redmond, Quentin Spain, who was forced to play right tackle yesterday. Career guard playing tackle. Where have we heard that one before? Alex Redman, uh, you know, they, they like what he's been able to do in the run game in particular, especially with Gio Bernard back there. But a couple of critical critical plays on his part that uh, really hurt the Bengals um, in that second quarter, there was a, there was a hold and, and then he let up a sack. So um, you know, relatively steady the rest of the game, but those two plays there and that drive really in particular was one that was just absolutely critical for the, the Bengals to get back in this game. Joan Williams, unfortunately didn't play. Neither did Bobby Hart, Hakim a 100% of the snaps, obviously Burrow 100% of the snaps. And by the way, that was kind of a storyline too. A lot of people were wondering why Joe Burrow was still in the game at the very end and it sounded like it was Burrow's decision to say I'm not I'm not getting out of the game. So, uh you know, well who knows if that's truly the case, but uh, you know, he, he said, I'm not coming out of the game. And so he stayed in there and Zach Taylor, I think corroborated it by saying we we wanted to keep him in there to try and get some positive momentum, get some points and kind of feel a little bit better about things that didn't really happen. But that was the, that was the plan there. P. Ryan getting 25% of the snaps. He um he's been, he's been okay. He's been okay. He's, he can catch the ball a little bit. A uh, real North South runner, and uh you know short yardage back too at times but he's you know he's not hurting them they were able to run the ball yesterday they were able to I think they had about 150 rushing yards we went over that in the post game show too um you know I mean they're they were able to run the ball against the Pittsburgh Steelers Travion Williams had five snaps he had a lot of carries and he looked pretty good he had a high PFF grade for his work too I mean it was garbage time stuff but um yeah, Von Bell and Jesse Bates playing seventy three percent of the snaps. This is this is the one that's surprising to me, the Sean Williams thing. You would think, and I said this, I, I think in the pregame show, I thought this was a, an opportunity for Sean Williams to get an increase in snaps, maybe move Von Bell up, uh, you know, towards the line of scrimmage a little bit more. You play Sean Williams deep; he seems to be a little bit better at that in coverage than Bell, uh, but Williams only getting only getting 6 snaps on defense, 8% of defensive snaps. That's that's pretty shocking, especially in a week where there's so much there's there were so many issues with defensive back help. I know he's not a corner, but you know, you can maybe create some formations and have those those three guys out there, Williams, Bell and Bates at the same time, um, you know, kind of and, and you have more defensive backs out there maybe to help mask some of the issues with the injuries. Uh they didn't do that. They didn't do that. They're really committed to playing Vaughn Bell, and uh, they are decommitted <laughs> to playing Sean Williams on defense. So there is a major fall from grace there. Sean Williams, a couple of years ago, had an outstanding season for the Bengals. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, he's kind of fallen from grace now. Uh, Brandon Wilson with seven snaps on defense. We knew he was maybe going to get in there. Drew Sample. uh, And then you see some others here. We won't belabor the point. AJ Green. This is, this is the killer here. He's out there for 83% of the snaps, 54 total. Uh, I think it was five targets, zero catches. Can't, can't happen. Can't happen. And I've got an interesting theory as to um, where AJ Green's in parallel, I guess, where AJ Green's career is headed. We'll talk more about that on Wednesday, but uh 83% of the snaps he's out there and doesn't make a catch. Not good. Not good. Again, I'm Anthony Kazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Thanks for joining us on the Monday news jump. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. I know a lot of you. We, we do this at differing times, so there's there's people that come in and out on these uh, for the live live feeds of this. They they kind of come in and out. Maybe they're working. Maybe they're doing all kinds of different stuff. Sometimes we do this a little later in the day to let the media stuff play out the first part of the day, and then we kind of go through a lot of that. Uh, so. Uh, But anyway, I I appreciate you tuning in and appreciate you downloading the the show. You can get this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, all those platforms. And of course, all of our content is on Cincy Jungle's Facebook page and our Orange and Black Insider YouTube channel. Uh, Let's see what else we need to get through here. I think I, I will point... I'll just share this with you here. Uh, we went through a lot of this stuff, but it's, they're more in-depth stories and it's on Cincy It's their Bengals uh, kind of their, their link dump that they do. And we've gone through a handful of these so far, but I just want to sh- show it to you in case um, this is the Bengals news, taking responsibility, eleven sixteen by Patrick Judas. Uh, and you can see the Bengals notebook, which is Bengals.com uh, another Bengals.com article. And then I mentioned, we talked about Burrow blaming himself, um, the third down issues. Yeah. So anyway, check this out and you can, you can go look at these articles more in depth, but we, we touched on these a little bit. So I don't want to kind of beat a dead horse here. Uh, Speaking of beating dead horses, I guess uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are gloating. The Steelers players are absolutely gloating In the win, and I guess rightfully so, based on their essential ownership of the Bengals over the past, (laughs) you know, half decade. Like I said, eleven straight. That's not that's not much of a rivalry. So, uh, let me show you this. This is from our good our good buddy Zim Hude, who is part of the New Stripe City, Uh, and Orange is the New Black podcast he just put this up on twitter not too long ago and i thought this was very interesting and this is kind of a twofer here it is bud dupree's uh instagram where he put a picture of him by the way that could have been a helmet to helmet call that doesn't appear to have been called either it's there's a lot of scrolling here but if you look Right here. So there's the picture of Bud Dupree. And he said, I, I see you uh, to Joe Burrow or something like that. And then obviously there's a lot of gloating from fans. And as you look right here, Steve Nelson, cornerback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, says, that boy trash LMAO, referring to Joe Burrow. So uh, a little more bolt and board material, I guess. And uh, again, Bud Dupree seemingly getting away with a couple of different hits on Joe Burrow that could have been called, should have been called, but were not. And uh, they continue to gloat in it. So that is what makes this rivalry or this uh, playing this team just super frustrating. And when you lose to this team, it's even, even more frustrating <laughs> because of the aftermath you know there's there's always sore losers and people don't like to lose and all of that and i understand that i guess um but unfortunately there are the pittsburgh Steelers are the poster children of sore winners and their fan base is kind of the same thing they love to let you know about it love to push it right in your face and hey that's what the that's what bullies do and until you stand up to the bully and until you outmatch them and start, you know, holding your ground, this is going to continue. And uh, so anyway, I thought that was, I don't know if that was even funny. I guess it was just, that's that's the Steeler way. They hit you, they beat you, and they let you know, know about it. That's <laughs> kind of what they do. Uh, ta- uh, it was... I think Steve Nelson. Nelson was the last name, Tommy Pennington. I see Tommy asking what what was his name again. Um, Steve Nelson, I believe, was, was who the corner was that said that. So uh, Steve Nelson also was the guy, if you remember the play, if you remember the play in the game yesterday, uh, there was a throw that Burrow made to Mike Thomas, and it looked like Nelson hit him early. And uh, there was no call there. I do think that was within five yards, so they let a little more physicality go. The refs did there, so I didn't really have too big of a problem with that, just because it looked like a shorter throw. But um, I guess it could have been called at, at some point. But he was—he was the guy that kind of bumped into Mike Thomas to to jump into that play. That was one play that he made yesterday that really kind of stood out to me. Let's keep going. Let's go. Let's go around the AFC North. And we'll go around the NFL as well. So this is the Browns. We've got a couple of different pieces of news for the Browns. Nick Chubb is back, and he had a uh, a big game for in a just an ugly overall game uh, for for the Cleveland Browns beating the Houston Texans. So uh, they are happy to have him back. Unfortunately, there was a player. Uh, testing positive for COVID-19. So they closed the facility on Monday. So unfortunately, as it is kind of around the the entire nation um, there, there's a little bit more of these cases being documented around and more positives being documented. So uh, the, we know the Bengals had a bunch themselves this week between players and coaches. So uh, that's, uh, a little a little frightening, but uh, you know, and I think the the Philadelphia Eagles also are talking about not having fans at the at games anymore for the rest of the year to uh, you know stop a potential spike there that they're seeing. so that's uh, a little bit of sobering news, and uh, you know, I think especially for them after getting a win and getting things back on track and getting Nick Chubb back, um that's kind of some sobering news for the Cleveland Browns there. The Baltimore Ravens took a loss on Sunday night. I actually did not watch this game personally, but if you want some information on that, it was I saw bits and pieces of it where it was uh, raining very, very hard last night. Uh, the Patriots, who have not been very sound this year, pull out a, a pretty big win against a good Ravens team, and uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, different items to look at here, you know, if you go to uh, Ravens.com, you know, there's a lot of injuries. I think there was some uh, injuries to a lot of kind of role players or backup players in in the Baltimore secondary. I read about that. Um you see Brandon Williams, who's a, a valuable guy up front, suffers an ankle injury. Um Nick Boyle was is out for the year now, a tight end that has uh done some things against the Cincinnati Bengals for sure. So they that they kind of uh limped out of Foxborough did the Ravens. That was not a good, good showing for them. And they lost to Bill Belichick, Cam Newton, putting them down uh, a little bit further behind the nine and O Steelers. So uh, they now are dealing with, I see, I see some of you all kind of said every team deals with injuries. There is um, that the Baltimore Ravens are, are dealing with that right now. So that's uh, yeah. I saw this too. Uh, <laughs> This is a, a funny name, jackass of all trades. Oh, it's I think it's our, our buddy, uh, Jason Von Stein. Um, Chubb is a team player, ran out at the one-yard line to win the game. Yeah, he, he had a breakaway run with a little over a minute left and basically could have dove in the end zone and, you know, a long run. And there would have been a little over a minute left, and they would have been up by 10, I believe, or nine. And then you kick the extra point to get you to 10. And he decided to run out of bounds at the one yard line instead, so that they would be able to take more time off the clock there. So, uh, you know, I, I did see that there. I thought that was kind of an interesting move on his part. You know, I think a lot of people, <laughs> I think a lot of people in his shoes would have just cruised on into the end zone, but especially if you're looking at a, a ten point lead. But uh, it definitely was a was a team team move. So, thank you for reminding me about that, Jason. This one uh, just kind of adds to the smoldering pile that was Sunday evening. Unfortunately, Andrew Whitworth. Uh, this this needs to be a little bit updated, but as of last night um, or yesterday afternoon, rather, Andrew Whitworth suffered a, a, a pretty significant knee injury. I think he came back where um, some of it has been. Some of the ligaments in there have been torn. There is hope that he may come back, particularly if the Rams go into the postseason. But I think based on some of the prognosis that we've been hearing today, that's probably unlikely. And who knows? This may be the very end. I don't know, though. A lot of people are saying, you know, this, this is the end for the guy. He's nearing 40 and uh, all of that. And I understand that. But this guy, throughout the first five, six games of the season at least, was like a top pro football focus rated offensive lineman and offensive tackle he was playing out of his mind. It's like he fine wine, right? I mean, he he was really good for the Bengals for a long time. And then he got to the Rams and he was almost like better. Uh, so (laughs) at at any rate, unfortunately, uh, Whitworth is looks like he's going to be out for, for a while. And, uh, it's really a shame because he is a guy that has been so durable in his career. He's been a guy that's just been an absolute warrior. And, uh, Unfortunately, it looks like he's going to be out for a little bit of time, and hopefully, he heals up. I'd love to see him come back and play again, but uh, I don't. I don't know if that's the case. Again, being 39 and uh, suffering that injury, it's pretty significant. The this I don't know if you guys saw this one. The there was a real questionable roughing the passer call on. Drew Brees or on the 49ers against Drew Brees. Um, And you can, you can see here that it, I think mostly what happened is that it was actually a pretty big hit and he was driven into the ground at one point by a 49er defender. Um, So it could be now that he's going to miss some time here. Drew Brees is going to miss some time with rib and shoulder injuries. They. The Saints had been uh, playing a little bit better football of late. They were they they really beat the Bucks soundly uh, in Tampa Bay on on, on Sunday night and uh, excuse me Thursday night rather. And um, yeah, I just I, I it it if you watch the video there, it really wasn't a you know a, a pile drive type of situation. It wasn't you know anything crazy. It uh, it was a big hit. And they flagged they flagged the forty nine er defender for it, and now Drew Brees is going to miss some time here. This story is absolutely crazy. I almost want to end with this one, but we've got one more to get to, one more to get to after this, and then we'll we'll get on out of here. This one, if you guys haven't uh, been keeping up with the DeAndre Baker, this this is just a crazy situation. So he. And Quentin Dunbar were accused and Baker was definitely charged with, you can see robbery charges, basically holding a group of people at gunpoint, taking their money and watches and all that kind of stuff. Well, all of a sudden, the attorney for the alleged victims was arrested on Monday for extortion charges. And... Uh, You got to read this to believe it. And I I don't even know if I fully understand kind of what happened here. But what what I'm gathering is that that attorney who has now been arrested for extortion, who was representing the alleged victims, was just not on the up and up and was, uh, you can see here, The sheriff's office says Dean, who is the attorney who was arrested, told Baker's attorney, Bradford Cohen, that the three alleged victims he represented would stop cooperating with prosecutors or change their stories if they were paid $266,000 each. Investigators say Dean said his clients would, quote, do anything you want so long as the money is right. So I I don't know if that means this supposed robbery never happened and it was a fabricated story just to get money out of DeAndre Baker and potentially Quentin Dunbar. I don't know if that robbery did happen and this attorney's still saying this and uh, (laughs) this is just a weird situation. So now all of the charges against uh, DeAndre Baker have been dropped. So he will not be charged with robbery and all of that because this has come to light. So um, I don't know if you're the Cincinnati Bengals based on what is going on at your cornerback position. I don't know if you want to go down this road. There's also Eli Apple sitting out there too without a job. Um, You know, I I don't know that you want to dive right in, (laughs) right right back into DeAndre Baker, unless you're pretty certain that all these things are cleared and behind him and everything. But uh, it was, it was a very bizarre story. Very bizarre story. Go read a little bit more on that. It's it's all over the place. NFL.com, Twitter, all that stuff. So, but I, I do. I wanted to share that. And real quick, uh, we'll do one more and get out of here. This is kind of a. I guess it's this is a good one to end on too because if you remember, Alex Smith a couple of years ago suffered a gruesome, gruesome leg injury, uh, broke it, and it has been a long road back to say the least. Well, because new coach Ron Rivera has fallen out of love with uh, Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Allen has been in and out of the lineup. He's turned to Alex Smith. uh, And you can see here that Washington football team lost to Detroit, but Alex Smith completed 38 of 55 passes for 390 yards. Um, And he said that, Smith could not may, may all all just start the rest of the year and, or may start for this team beyond he's got two years remaining on his contract after 2020. And so at any rate, I know this isn't a Washington football team podcast. However, it's a good story. And Alex Smith is, it seems like a good guy who's done, done a lot of community work and a lot of good things. And, uh, you know, now it appears that he's kind of getting one last shot at things after that gruesome injury. So, um, I, you know, that's, that's good to see and good on Alex Smith. Hope he maintains his health and, uh, best wishes to Andrew Whitworth, who appears to have also suffered, unfortunately, as I mentioned before, pretty significant knee injury. Unfortunately, that's going to do it for us in the Monday news jump guys. Wanted to get through all of that stuff, get you some Bengals news and headlines, get you some AFC North news and headlines, and of course, get you some other NFL news and notes around the league as we wrap up week 10 and head into week 11. The Bengals actually play Washington, so that's a game coming up. They play the Giants. They've got a a couple of winnable games here. You've got the, the Tua Burrow Bowl coming up as well, so that'll be an exciting game and the Cincinnati Bengals are going to look to rebound in these next handful of weeks and really try and make a turnaround to end the season well if they're able. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Get the show how you can on a number of different platforms. Thanks for the support. We'll see you soon.